Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. As we look in Acts chapter 1, and I'll read verses 1 to 11 here in just a, a, a little bit, I want to talk about a mission today. You know, if you uh, uh, remember, so some of us remember there was a TV show back in the 60s and 70s called Mission Impossible, and then years later it was turned into a movie franchise by Tom Cruise. In fact, I think this next year uh, uh, there's going to be another one coming. I think it's a two-parter. There's going to be the last two Mission Impossible movies being, being made. And the, the, the whole TV and movie franchise revolves around this government espionage agency known as the Impossible, Mission, Impossible Missions Force. That's a, hard, that's a hard thing to say. But, you know, that, as the name suggests, I mean, they're given the, the hard, top-secret missions that no other agency would be able to pull off. And you know what? If they, you know if they don't pull it off, the entire world is just going to fall apart. The entire world is doomed. It's them against this ultimate uh, bad guy. But, you know, the, the movies and the TV show especially, the way that it would start is that the leader of this task force would receive a recorded message, and it would usually start out by saying, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is, and then, you know, give all the details about the mission. And then once the recording had told them all about the mission, then the recording would blow up or start set on fire or something like that. It would destroy itself. And then the task force would go off on their impossible mission. Now, I know it's hard to talk about Mission Impossible. Now you're going to have that theme song going through your head the entire sermon, right? Because that that just gets stuck in your head. Dun, 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 dun. Well, you know, just think about that, but then put it in, in the perspective of us being on mission, because guess what? We are part of a task force that has been given a mission. Now, our mission is a little bit different than the missions that the Impossible Mission Task Force went on. I mean, one, you know, theirs were kind of secret missions. Our mission, it is not secret at all. In fact, we want it to be known and we want it to be open. Another difference is that our mission is not impossible. It is possible. It is possible for all of us who are, it's possible for all of us who are in Christ. Another thing is that, you know, our mission, it's given to us in Scripture and God reveals it to us, but then the Bible doesn't blow up because God wants us to be in His Word and constantly reminded of the mission that we are given. And another, another difference is, you know, whereas this impossible mission task force, they could choose whether or not to accept the mission, right? Because that's what every recording started out as. Your mission, should you choose to accept it? Well, we're not given a choice because we are all called to the mission. But, I guess you could say one similarity is, is that there is a lot at stake because not only does our mission involve the here and now, our mission involves eternity. And in the passage that we're looking at today, Christ is he's about to ascend into heaven and, and he's giving words to his disciples, his instructions for this mission possible. And God has invited all of us to be part of uh, this mission. But now, I want to pause here. Because I want to look at the mission, and I want to look at this passage a little bit different than what we might be, you know, we might normally look at it, the way we might normally look at it. 
Because, you know, you hear a message about being on mission. And oftentimes it's very, eth- I don't know if ethically based would be the right word, but it's very guilt-ridden, right? Because often these messages come across as you're supposed to be on mission, and if you're not on mission, you know, you're not a very good Christian, or, you know, something like that. That's, one, that's not the way it's presented in Scripture. Two, that's not going to motivate anyone to do anything. We want to look at how things are presented in in Scripture, right? So I, I want you to think about this. God has chosen you to be part of the task force. If you are a Christian, God has recruited you to be part of this task force to fulfill His mission. And this mission is a high calling. It's more important than the mission of the Impossible Missions Task Force or any real true-to-life government agency. Our mission is so much more important than any of that. And in all honesty, this is a privilege, and it's a high calling, and it's an honor to join God on this mission and be part of this task force. So it's a, it's, a, it's a joy, because this mission is supposed to give us joy. I mean, this mission isn't supposed to be, like, just make you feel guilty. You know, this mission isn't something like, I, I know it's something that I'm supposed to do, but I really don't want to do it. And, and you know, kind of like for kids eating vegetables, you know. You don't want to eat the vegetables, but your parents, they're making you eat the vegetables. I don't want to go on this mission, but the pastor, he's making me go on this mission. You know, I I don't want you to equate following God and His mission with eating Brussels sprouts or something like that. Well, I mean, unless you like Brussels sprouts, and then, okay, go for it. But, you know, think of a vegetable that you hate. Okay, I don't want you to equate that with the mission God has for us. I want you to look at it as a privilege. I want you to look at it as a joy. I want you to look at it as something that's fun. Did you know you could have fun and be a Christian? Did you realize that? I know. Wow. You could obey God. You can follow His calling in your life and have fun. Isn't that amazing? What a good God we serve. But the funny thing is, you know, I joke like that. I joke around like that because guess what we have done? We have equated following God and following Jesus with just, uh, I, 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 I know I should, but I don't want, no. This is joy. This is fun. This is life, right? Man, you're following God. You're following Jesus. That's where true life is. You know, we think that life is found out in the world, doing this and doing that. I'm going to find my life here and there and everywhere else in the world. No, following Christ. And, you know, if we want, we call it being part of the task force, being part of the task force, going out there, doing the mission. And just see what happens. See what happens when you change your attitude about the whole thing. So I want to look at Christ's last instructions, you know, to his disciples before he ascended. And then what that, you know, what do we learn about the mission? This mission possible. What do we learn about it? What is it that we do? How do we do it? 
all of that. So I want to read in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. If you'll stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word as I read uh, these verses. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the heavens? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, I, I do pray that you would just change our attitude about the whole thing and following your mission. And, and, and Lord, give us joy about it. Give us excitement about what it is that you have called us to. Because it is something wonderful and grand and eternity changing so lord give us that perspective we ask in jesus name amen you may be seated well i want to study what this mission this high calling what it entails so first this morning i want to talk about the focus of our mission the focus of our mission so after his resurrection jesus spent 40 days with his disciples, preparing them to go out on to the and preparing them for mission, instructing them what the mission is all about, instructing them what this mission entailed. And it tells us in verse 3 that the focus of the mission was on the subject of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, God's rule and reign. You know, Jesus, in the, in the Gospels record this for us, you know, Jesus said with his coming, he ushered in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. It came in Jesus Christ. And so the kingdom of God is God's kingly rule in the hearts of, of believers. It is his authority. Jesus ushered it in. He came through his life, death, and resurrection. He brought the kingdom of God. Now all of us who believe in Jesus Christ, we are part of that kingdom. God rules in our hearts, but he wants to rule in the hearts of everybody else as well. And so that's the kingdom. And then, of course, there's the ultimate goal of the kingdom. When Jesus returns, he's going to set up the new heaven and new earth, and we'll be with him in that capacity forever and ever. And so now, our mission, the focus of our mission, is to share the kingdom of God. How do we share the kingdom of God? By sharing the gospel. Because the gospel is the introduction into the kingdom of God. We share the good news that God has reached out to a rebellious humanity who are currently under the rule of Satan and his minions and, and darkness and whatnot, and God has opened up the door to his kingdom by the light of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is king. 
in that kingdom. Jesus died to pay the penalty for sins. He rose again to defeat sin and death, and we can be part of God's family. We can be a part of his children. We can be a part of his kingdom. And so that is the focus of the mission. We are to tell people about the kingdom. We are to share about the kingdom. We can tell people, you can be part of the kingdom of light. You can be part of the kingdom of Christ. You can be a part of it. But let's face it, you know, we, we hear that, we're like, okay, yeah, amen, hallelujah, fine and dandy, that's what it's about. But, you know, sometimes I fear we have become so familiar with the gospel, we have become so familiar with the kingdom terminology, we've just kind of taken some things for granted, and, and it's, lost our, it's lost its appeal to us, I guess would be the way to put it. We've lost sight of the wonder and amazement of who Christ is, and what Christ has done for us. I mean, when was the last time you just looked at Christ and said, wow, what an amazing Savior. Wow, look at what he did. Wow. You get excited about it. When was the last time you've actually had passion for Christ and his word and his kingdom and his mission? You know, because we're not going to do anything with, for something that we're not passionate about, right? If something doesn't excite us, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to share. We're not going to... Yeah, it, it, when you're excited about something, you just can't help but talk about it. Right? I mean, some folks yesterday, they were excited about what happened to their college football team and they just talked about it. Wow! Did you see what my team did? Others, like for me, last week, Wisconsin, I didn't really talk about it because, you know, of what happened. But we talk about the things that excite us. You see a new movie or you see a TV show that you're just really excited about and you're like, ooh, you start talking about it. Sometimes you even talk about it in the middle of it. I mean, so you know I'm a nerd, right? Okay, it's, it's out there. I'm a nerd. I like sci-fi, fantasy, and things like that. So now, you know, they have the, this new TV show out, The Rings of Power. That's the Lord of the Rings and Tolkien kind of stuff. I'm not going to give any spoilers. But, you know, I'm, I really like Tolkien's stuff. And, and so we're watching the show. In the middle of the show, I'm pausing the show, and I start talking about how all this fits into all the rest of the mythology and how it fits in with the movies and blah, 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 blah. And then once I get it off my chest, all right, let's start it again, right? You get excited about that kind of stuff. You get excited about, about when you find a new restaurant, you're like, ooh. And you start telling people about the restaurant, Right? Like last night, we found this Korean barbecue. I don't remember the name of it, but by golly, it's on Memorial Parkway. What's the name of it, Kyle? Stonehenge Korean barbecue. Holy smokes, I've never been there before. But I'll tell you what, I'm going back. Right? You get excited about those things. And you start talking about it. And then, here's God. Here's Christ. Here's the kingdom. And you're like, meh. I mean, God may even give you a divine appointment and, and it's almost like just perfectly working out that steering towards spiritual stuff and then you're like, hey, did you catch the football game yesterday? Right? We've lost that passion because maybe we've lost that focus. 
Here we have the God of the universe who created everything. He saw his creation spoiled and tainted by rebellion and sin, and he could have just let humanity destroy itself, or he could have rightly destroyed humanity out of his justice, but instead, out of his love, he so desired to bring a remnant of humanity back to him, to enjoy him, to be part of his people, to live in light. And so he sent his son who took the penalty for sin so that we could be brought back to him. We were in spiritual exile, and God opened the gate to let us back into his kingdom. That's something to talk about. I don't know about you, that's kind of exciting. Like the creator God of the universe who we just kind of shook our fist at and we're like, eh, you know, we, that we completely rebelled against. And he should have just let us destroy ourselves. Instead, he so loved us that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Y'all, that's a whole lot better than a football game. It's a whole lot better than a TV show. It's a whole lot better than a restaurant. This is eternity changing. That is our focus. And man, when we really get into that focus, we get excited and we talk about it because that's something worth talking about. But the second part of the mission that I want to talk about today is the power for our mission. The power for our mission. The neat thing about our mission is that, you know, we don't have to come up with our own resources and energy to do it ourselves. You know, it's not like we have to try and muster up the energy to, to go do it. You know, I'm at the age where i got to muster energy just to get up off the couch. It's like, oh, i just got to try and muster up that energy. You don't have to try and muster up energy to do this mission. We've been given the resource, everything that we need to fulfill the mission. You know, just like on Mission Impossible, the, the government gave them all the neat gadgets and toys so that they can... They can do their, their mission. We've been given the Holy Spirit to fulfill our mission. We've been given everything we need. The Holy Spirit is everything we need. Because, I mean, three times he speaks about the Holy Spirit in, 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 in this passage, right? In, in verse 2, I mean, he was giving them the commands through the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, verse 5, it says that they would be baptized by the Holy Spirit. And in verse 8, he told the disciples, you will receive the Holy Spirit. And what's the Holy Spirit going to do? You're going to get power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Not kind of, you know, mystical, use the force, Luke, you know, kind of power. I mean, true power. This is God in us, working through us to fulfill mission. Now, you know, in the original context, he was telling the apostles what's going to happen to them on the day of Pentecost, when in a very visible and tangible way, the Holy Spirit would enter them and empower them, and what happened on Pentecost would be demonstrated through signs and wonders. But that was for the initial indwelling and infilling of the Holy Spirit. But now... Anytime someone comes to faith in Jesus Christ, they receive the Holy Spirit. They are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. When you hear the gospel that Jesus died for you and rose again, and you receive the gospel, you enter the kingdom, you are immediately indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And the same power that gave boldness and ability to the disciples on the day of Pentecost is the same power that resides in us to give us boldness and ability to talk about the kingdom to share about Jesus, 
to share about Christ. It's the same, it's the same Holy Spirit. Do you think in 2,000 years the Holy Spirit has changed? I mean, the Holy Spirit of God, He is eternal. He doesn't change. Us, man, after a few days, we're changed. The Holy Spirit, even after a million years, will not change. He is God. And that same Holy Spirit that indwelt the initial disciples, they in, He indwells us now as well. And so often we still don't believe it. We still think, yeah, you know, that was then, this is now, this is the 21st century. Things are are different, but it isn't. The same Spirit is within us. No, we don't see flames of fire. No, there isn't this rushing wind. No, we don't start speaking in different languages. But we're empowered and we are gifted to fulfill mission. We are indwelt. We are baptized by the Holy Spirit. Now, I know there's a lot of confusion about that, that, that terminology, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because some will say that baptism of the Holy Spirit is different from being indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Right? Some will say, okay, baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that comes later. And, and, you know, you might start speaking in tongues, which, by the way, tongues is another word for language. And, well, I mean, it's not gibberish. It's like Chinese. It's like Japanese, whatever. It's an actual language. And, you know, just a reminder that Paul said that not everyone has the gift of languages, gift of tongues, as you know, it's my, just, some people are, and some people are, are given the gift of interpretation. Someone speaks Chinese, you interpret the Chinese. But Paul also says that, you know what, if there's no interpreter around and someone's speaking a language, keep your mouth shut. Don't talk. So that, that, anyway, I, I digress. You know, that's what people think the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. But, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit is being indwelt and empowered by the Holy Spirit when you receive Christ. So as one author described it, he said, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is where the Holy Spirit initiates Christians into realized union and communion with the glorified Jesus Christ, thus equipping them for sanctity and service. The Holy Spirit, he brings us into communion with Christ and it's this spiritual empowerment to live a holy life and to fulfill our mission. And so Peter, even when he, after you know, the whole Pentecost thing, he was preaching and he told the people, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And it says that when they did, he said, you know, when you do that, you, you will receive the Holy Spirit. Right? Believe, receive. And now the baptism of the Holy Spirit is manifested not by speaking gibberish. It's not by being drunk in the Spirit. It's not by just passing out or, or something along those lines. The manifestation of the Spirit is wisdom and boldness and holiness and love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. It's the fruits of the Spirit. It's, it's life of holiness it is life on mission, the empowerment to fulfill mission. And so, yeah, you know what? Okay, the, the, the Mission Impossible team, they had all them flashy gadgets that let them do, you know, whatever. Whatever they had, they had to do. They had the flashy gadgets to blow things up and sneak into places and, and, and things like that. And, and so, you know, a lot of times people might think, 
yeah, but what I'm doing isn't flashy like that. Well, it's not supposed to be flashy like that. I don't know why, you know, Christians, they think, well, if it's going to be done right, it's got to be flashy. It's got to be, yeah, uh, ooh, I, I just got to get chills up and down my spine every time I've, I follow Jesus and, and something like that. Well, no, that, that is not at all what following Christ is about. Our mission is successful when we fulfill the mission as the Holy Spirit equips us, and, you know, he equips all of us differently. So if we're doing what we're equipped to do, we're fulfilling mission. We're living according to holiness. We're, we're developing godly character and sharing, and, and we're relying on the Holy Spirit not only to work in our lives, but to work in the lives of the person that we share with. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a helper to us. He gives us the words when we don't have the words. He's the one that works in the hearts of people. He, he, the Holy Spirit is the one. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts of sin when they hear the gospel message. And so he's the Spirit who directs our, our mission and inspires us as witnesses and empowers us, who, who gives us perseverance to carry on when, when we just feel like, well, the, I'm just punching in the air. I don't see anything happening. Well, the Holy Spirit will help us to persevere. The Holy Spirit is the one who will comfort us and encourage us when we're kind of discouraged. I haven't seen anyone come to Christ. I've been sharing the Word and no one's coming to Christ. That's not your job. Your job is to share. He'll work on bringing that person to Christ. So this is the Holy Spirit. This is the power that we have for the mission. It's supernatural. It's not natural. If we're doing things in the flesh, it's natural. It can be explained. The Holy Spirit is supernatural. And he works in us. I want to quickly talk about number three, the location of our mission. Because when you watch the Mission Impossible movies and, and the shows and, and things like that, they go all over the world. They, go, they find themselves in all these exotic cities, all these you know, areas in the world. I mean, sometimes they go to places that are harsh. I mean, they're in the middle of the North Pole or something. You know, that's a little bit harsh. But, you know, they, whenever, they went wherever it was necessary to fulfill the mission. So where does... God's mission take us. Well, I want to use a, first. I want to use a little play on words, um, because one place that the, God will lead us in mission is out of our comfort zone. I mean, it's easy to talk about the sports and the shows and the restaurants and things like that, but talking about the gospel, talking about Jesus, talking about the kingdom of God, that that takes us out of the norm. I mean, our societal norms are, yeah, it's football season. You talk about football. You talk about the TV show. You talk about the restaurant. You talk about those things, but it's not the norm to talk about Jesus. And sometimes it also, you know, so it takes us out of our comfort zone there. Sometimes it takes us out of our routine. We are people of routine. We go home. We go to work. We go to church. We go to our certain stores to get certain things. We go to certain restaurants usually. And if we get out of routine, it's kind of almost, we get anxious. It's anxiety-filled. I'm out of my routine. I mean, it's a big deal to go somewhere that's out of your comfort zone. But that's the wonder of it all. That's the awesomeness of it all. It isn't supposed to be routine. It's supposed to be new. It's supposed to be exciting. It is a mission. And we go do it. We don't, ha we, we, we don't necessarily know the outcome when we step out of our comfort zone, but we do it anyway. We're empowered, right? We do have the Holy Spirit. God is the one directing us. He's the one that's called us to this mission. 
So we step out. We step out in faith, get out of our comfort zone uh, to do it. We have everything we need to fulfill the mission. We have the Holy Spirit, you know, the same Spirit that fell, the same Spirit that the, the Bible says He rose Jesus from the dead. He raised Jesus from the dead. That same Spirit indwells us. So yeah, we have the power. We have the comfort and encouragement from the Holy Spirit when we're anxious about leaving our comfort zones. I love my comfort zone. Here's my comfort zone. I, li I like it here. Right? I don't want to step out. Out here. Hey, I'll go out here and do mm, I don't know. Well, the Holy Spirit will empower me to do that. So yeah, you know, I, I use a little play on words about location. Get out of your comfort zone. I got to get out of my comfort zone. We all do, but we have the Holy Spirit to equip us to do that. But obviously, the true location of our mission is all over the world because where did Jesus say we would go when the Holy Spirit has come upon us? Right? He told his disciples in the first century, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And so the mission was local, the mission was domestic, the mission was international. I mean, we can't go everywhere at once. I mean, I can't go here, then here, then here, then here, then here. You can't go all over the place, but there is some place for us to go. I mean, we have families, we have jobs, we have responsibility, but God has a place for us to go. And sometimes it's in the middle of our routine. That's the neat thing. You can be in the middle of your comfort zone and God will give you opportunity to fulfill mission. Your mission field is your, your job. Your mission field is your school. Your mission field is the store. But then that, also, that doesn't negate the fact of going out of your routine, going out of your comfort zone and reaching out to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Yeah, you know what? COVID restricted us. It slowed us down. It, it tripped us up. But you know what? We're on track for mission we're reaching out to people again through house of the harvest we're going to be reaching people through fishers of men ministry we're going to find many more opportunities to fulfill mission here at harvest baptist church right now i'm in communication with a uh, another ministry that will partner us with a pastor and a church somewhere in central america and we're going to be partnered with that pastor and with that church for years to come. I'm going to be looking for a team of 10 to 12 people to go with me to wherever it is we're going at the end of next summer, the end of July of 2023, and work with this pastor and this church to help them fulfill their mission. We're fulfilling mission, helping them fulfill mission. But you know what? You might not be able to come on Sunday nights. You might not be able to go to the House of the Harvest. You might not be able to go to Central America. Well, you can find somewhere to go. And, and here's the neat thing. You don't for the church to find the opportunities for you. You're the one called on mission. And it, it, if we're not, it, you're, you're so on fire for mission and we're not able to keep up with the demand, you know what? You go find somewhere. You're the one called to mission. Yes, we do it together as a church, but you are a Christian. You are one of God's children. You're still part of the task force. Look for a way to fulfill 
that mission. Find your location. What, what divine appointment has God put in your path to fulfill that mission? And really, where is it he has placed you? Look at, this, look at that as your mission field. Very quickly, number four, the time of our mission. How long do we have uh, for this mission? Well, after you know, Jesus gave his, the final instructions about missions to his disciples, um, it says that he was lifted up in a cloud, probably you know, the Shekinah glory cloud. It took, them out of their, took him out of their sight. And what did the disciples do? They just kind of stood there and they stared into heaven and they were staring and they were staring into heaven and finally some angels came and said, why are you staring in heaven? You got a mission. Go to your, go to your mission. And then, you know, the angels told them how long this mission was going to last. They told them that, okay, this same Jesus that you saw ascended to heaven and taken up in the glory cloud, he's going to come back in the same way. He is going to come back in glory. He is going to return visibly, physically. You're going to see, everyone's going to know when he comes back, trust me. He is going to come back, and he will set up his kingdom. But until he comes back, you go on mission. We have this mission until Jesus returns. And that's when the mission is over. You know, Mission Impossible, it might say, okay, you got 48 hours to get this mission done, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? We got more than 48 hours unless Jesus comes in the next 48 hours. But if Jesus doesn't come back for the next 4,800 years, guess what? We got a mission to do. We are called mission, and, it, and it's fun. You know, we, we busy ourselves with, with so much. We get so busy with, with piddly stuff. And, you know, we, and we can even busy ourselves with spiritual churchy kind of stuff. We can even busy ourselves with good things, but are we busy fulfilling mission? That's exciting. I mean, the mission is exciting stuff, so we've got to stop staring in the clouds. And let's start moving our feet and our mouth until the day Jesus returns. Until he returns. I mean, this is a joyous thing. Our mission from Jesus, it's, it's joyous. It's more joyous than anything we have in this life. We look at it as a burden. We look at it as uh, Brussels sprouts or whatever. But it's a high calling. You're on a force. The God of the universe is calling you to join him, doing this wonderful thing. This is why you were made. This is your purpose. I don't know what my purpose is in life. I don't know. I need to find meaning. I need to find purpose. This is it. This is what you're made for. And you can do it within your context. God made you to be an engineer. I know there's lots of engineers here. God made you to be an engineer. Guess what? You can fulfill your mission while being an engineer. God called me to be a teacher. You can fulfill your mission while being a teacher. Whatever context God has placed you in. He created you for this mission. So why would, why would we settle for less than the joy that we can find in, in this? You know, I read this story, the, this missionary in Africa. He, he told this story about this elderly woman whom he reached with the gospel. And she was blind and she, she couldn't read or write. So she couldn't like read Braille or anything like that. And so she wanted to share her newfound faith with others. So she went to the missionary and she asked for a copy of the Bible in French 
because of colonization, there's a lot of French-speaking African countries. And she got it, and she asked him to, okay, would you underline John 3.16 in red for me, please? So he did, and then said, okay, mark in the Bible where it is. I want to be able to find it. And he's like, she's blind. What is she going to do? This is just a normal Bible. So he was curious. So he followed her one day. And however she did it, she made her way to a local boys' school in the afternoon, about the time when they were about to let out from school, and she'd go by the front door, and then when school was out, kids would be coming out, and she'd ask one of the boys coming out, hey, come here a second, do you, do you read French? Do you speak French? And, uh, you know, if they said, yes, I do, she said, could you read that for me, please? And have them read John 3.16. And then start asking, well, do you understand what that means? That started the conversation, and she started sharing Christ that way. Don't know how many boys she led to Christ that way, but 24 of them became pastors. She found joy fulfilling mission, even though, you know, she had what we would consider a handicap, even though she had excuses that could have just debilitated her. She said, No, I got this gift. I'm I'm part of a task force. I'm on mission. I have a mission from God, not Blues Brothers kind of mission from God. I have the actual, from Scripture, mission from God. She had joy in the high calling that she had received. And it was that calling that kept her going. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, she fulfilled her mission. So let me ask you, what's holding you back from experiencing the joy of fulfilling mission? What's your excuse Did you know that your excuse is keeping you from joy? Your excuse is keeping you from experiencing the wonder and the amazement and and, and the hope that is found in, in fulfilling mission, the mission that you're called to. Wouldn't you like to experience that? I know I would. So Christian, Maybe you need to come to the altar and ask God to open your heart and mind to this great privilege, this joy that we we have. Maybe you you need to ask God to give you perspective on this. Maybe there are some here who want to join this church on mission. And so you you want to join the church and be on mission. Maybe there's some here, you're part of the mission field. You don't know the joy because you don't know Christ. He died for you. He rose for you so that you could have eternal life and, and be with God forever. And while we have an inv- our invitation, I'll be up front here. I would love to introduce you to, to our God. Maybe you want to just come and pray and ask God about a mission field. Maybe you have, you know folks out in the mission field that are missionaries and they need prayer or you know people that, who need Jesus and they need prayer. Come to the altar and pray for them as well. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuest underscore HBC. Our student ministries on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. 
we welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Waltrana Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening, and God bless.